Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Let's do this thing. Let's talk some pucks uh, right now with Jonathan Davis, who I believe is actually that's the name of the singer of Corn uh, as well. <laughs> and I actually like Corn. I, I, I got I'm right. I don't die. Jonathan, good to, good to catch up with you, Jonathan. How you doing, my man? I'm doing well. And I will tell you that guy would go on about maybe 15 years ago. Gabe, I was getting a lot of calls for him, and it was not making my wife really happy that all these young girls were calling thinking I was the singer from Corn. Yeah, you know, it's funny because there's a guy out there, John Jones, on Twitter, and his name is actually spelt the same way as John Jones, J-O-N, as the UFC fighter. And the UFC fighter is always getting arrested and doing stupid things. And <laughs> he doesn't actually have the Twitter handle at John Jones. This guy does, and he plays along with it now. He gets death threats. He posts them. He he talks smack back, like, and he's just ambushed. So I get a kick out of that, Jonathan Davis. So I went on Twitter. I already follow you, and you follow me as well. Yeah. Um, so I was like, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've had Jonathan on uh, before. It's good to catch up with you. How you staying? You staying safe out there on the West Coast? Yeah. I mean, look, you know, I think the the, the luxury that we have, you know, because of the weather out here, it's. A little easier to get outside and to take some walks. Uh, the yeah. streets are really quiet. But, yeah, I mean, you know, look, for the most part, I think like like everybody else, managing. All right. So speaking of managing it, um, we, we've been talking a lot over the past couple of days about baseball's plan, uh, you know, potentially to go to Arizona. And the logistics of it just make it to be impossible. They would need, need over 20,000 tests. They want to play 20,000 tests a month. And they, they want to play for four and a half months. We're talking about 100,000 tasks plus the umpires and everybody else involved. I just don't think it's feasible. The NBA is one thing. Potentially, you put them in Mandalay Bay for six weeks. They play a tournament. They blast through the playoffs. Hockey. So hockey threw it out there. All right, what, what's our plan? They brought up North Dakota. But team sports are such a challenge right now. And especially contact team sports. Like, think about the how the closeness of hockey, Jonathan, from the body checking to the, to the body fluids to guys sitting on the bench next to each other. What are you going to do? Are you going to build, like, bigger benches so we can socially <laughs> distance? There's just so many challenges. When you heard the North Dakota um, proposal, what were your initial thoughts? Well, I, I understand it. I, I mean, it, it, I understand why they were looking at a place like North Dakota. The, look, from a logistics standpoint, Gabe, the biggest problem would be I, there's not enough places, in my understanding, to put everybody up. I mean, yeah. I think that that's the biggest problem. But I, I, I like the idea that Gary Bettman, um, like many other commissioners, has been very forward-thinking, and, and he's they're they're trying to at least plan for the options. So I don't, you know, there's nothing that is not on the table, and so I have no issue with it. But look, it, it's it's all speculation. It's like deciding, you know, who do you think is going to be the Stanley Cup champion? We're all guessing. I mean. But at least, you know, look, the NHL wants to have a plan. They want to be ready so that if and when the CDC says, okay, yes. we're in a situation that we're ready to go, they can go, and they're not then scrambling. So, I, you know, look, I, I'm fine with it. You know, it's a good point because you don't, you know, you come across as delusional, right? When some of these reports come out, it's like, well, May 1st, baseball. I don't even think they really think May 1st. But at the same point in time, they can't not have a plan, right? And, and this is where, and I hate to do it, but politically, you know, after that conference call, I think Trump would open things up whether we're safe or not. So it's a case where, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, John? So the league, yeah. the leagues are under no sort of political pressure. Oh, you know, they, we can't do this. No, they're going to be like, no, no, even the president wants us to do this. We have to get America back, et cetera. So I think the NFL owners really will take that to heart. NHL is a little different, but you're right. People ask you, I'm sure they ask me, it's like trying to predict who's going to win the 2024 election. 
Yes. Not even 2020, right? Like, what's going to happen? I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we're well, in this period. But for hockey, I got to believe it. Yeah. Robin Leonard said it. He went back to Sweden. He did an interview in Sweden, and he said there's a 0% chance that any of this gets pulled off. And he said, let's just be real. Let's hope we can start in October. Well, look, and, and you mentioned Robin Leonard, you know, being uh, in Europe. You know, that yeah. that's another logistical issue is being – if if we are to get the go-ahead, is being able to get players to come back who have gone uh, overseas. You know, th that's another issue that, you know, if, if we get to this point that they're, we're going to have to deal with uh, because of the way, you know, borders are, are not, you know, are, are not fully open. Now, it, it, it does, it sucks for everybody, but the National Hockey League, it was a good year this year, wasn't it? It really was wide open. There wasn't that slam dunk team that, uh, you know, like the, the, the competition's always open in the National Hockey League, but this year it, it really had a fun vibe to it, the National Hockey League. Things were going well for them over the last couple of years. I've been critical of Gary Bettman in the past. Um, I still think, you know, he should do more for Canada. I think there should be a team in Quebec. Uh, but with that being stated, I have to give him credit. He's done a good job building the National Hockey League. Their ratings are strong. The networks are happy. The level of competition, that's the great thing about the NHL. The level of competition on a nightly basis is great in that league. It is. And, and look, I, I think that, you know, the, the one thing that really hurts, you, you talk about the exciting season, you know, I mean, many of us were looking forward to the, the Battle of Alberta resuming in the playoffs. I mean, we were we were on pace for something like that. So, you know, that was something that, that you know, I would I hope we get to see. Um, if you're a fan in Toronto, you know, um, you're always looking to, you know, can they get past the Boston? Uh, they, they, they were saved. They were saved. Uh, they were just saved some misery in Toronto. Trust me. All right. <laughs> and you know what? I hate Boston. All right. Listen, I'm from Montreal originally. I live in New York right now. I've bounced around, you know, the media years, different cities. I've lived in LA before as well uh, when I was in a band, but I hate Boston. All right? I don't like the Boston Bruins. I love Bobby Orr, but I don't like the Bruins. I don't like the Red Sox, etc. But when um, when the city of Toronto announced that they were on lockdown until June 30th, they, they have the longest lockdown. They have Virginia and Maryland have until June 10th already in place. But the city of Toronto basically stated, we're, we're self-isolating until June 30th. And I knew the Leaf jokes were coming, Jonathan. Right? And I'm not a Leaf fan, but I knew they were coming. And lo and behold, it was like Boston media that did it. And they said, wow, isn't that too bad? You're going to miss out on your annual three playoff games. <laughs> they lose in seven every year to the Bruins, right? And your, your annual three uh, home playoff games. But, you know, that's the thing. It was wide open. I was buying into the St. Louis Blues. I thought the Blues were going to be a tough out in the playoffs. I like the way they handled their business all year. People were talking a lot about Colorado. Listen, we're at FanDuel doing the show out of FanDuel. The betters really like the Colorado Avalanche a lot. Yeah, well, and rightfully so. And by the way, Gabe, it sounds like our uh, life paths are very similar. I was born in Montreal, raised in Toronto, and oh my uh, God, and, and I did not know were, that. I didn't realize you were born in Montreal. Where, when, so, and we're in the same age group too, right? Like I was born yeah. in '70. Yeah, so I'm five years older than you. Wow, where, what part of Montreal? So I was in Cote Saint Luke, uh, Snowden area. Wow, um, I'm from NDG, which is yeah. border right, right next door. Yeah, and my, unfortunately, my... Coach St. Luke's been hit pretty hard by the virus. Oh, wow, I did not. I actually went back for the first time um, since leaving Montreal in 72 uh, last summer, went back and saw the house that I grew up in, which was kind of cool. And, uh, yeah, Montreal is a lot of history for me. Uh, my father actually delivered, was an OBGYN, delivered Dick Irvin's only child. Uh, we were very close with Dick Irvin and Danny Galvin. So, for me, Montreal it will always be a special place. Um, it's, it's amazing the connections that just there because, like I said, my grandfather played. He played for the Canadians, played for the uh, the Montreal Royals, and you know it was World War II, etc. He played for the Montreal Canadiens as well, and he was a linesman after. And um, and as I, when I was a kid, I lived with my grandparents uh, for a while. Dick Irvin lived down the street from us. It was in Point Clark. <laughs> I remember like going golfing uh, as a kid, caddying for my grandfather. He'd be playing golf well with Dick Irvin. Doesn't get better than that when it comes to broadcasters either. Dick Irvin and Danny Gallivan, Bob Cole, yeah. you know, just the, the best. Uh, but I tell you, Montreal, I'm I've given up on that team, Jonathan. Yeah, like I've given up. And growing up in the '70s, six Stanley Cups, 
Sure. Guy Lafleur is my favorite player of all time. Like, you know, I love Guy Lafleur and Ken Dryden and Patrick Waugh. I finally had it up where I'm like, you know what? These guys, they don't care about winning enough. No, I don't think that that's really fair, to be honest with you. I mean, I think Mark Bergevin is, is in a really tough spot because it's a hard place for free agents to get to. So, or, or not get to, to want to play. Yes, it's that is true. I will give you, you that, know, yeah. So, so Mark is really behind, you know, he's, he, he can only really improve this team through trade. And I think he's made some decent trades, but he definitely has an uphill battle. And, you know, while I understood why they signed Carey Price to the deal that they did, you know, I, I just think that, man, that money could have been better spent because the one problem I think for, for Montreal and, and Carey Price is that he's so good that he keeps them into too many games yeah. And, and and that teases the fans. Um, so I think that's part of the issue in Montreal because they're you just raise good points. Yeah. You know, you're you're more um you're more uh, reasoned than I am. I get like the, the passion and anger. Ah, most of <laughs> pissed me off. But I think I, I listen, I'm not Bergeron's biggest fan. I'm gonna be honest with you about that. But as far as Molson is concerned, it's not like they don't not want to win. You know what I mean? I get it. Right. And you are bang on as far as very difficult, difficult to get free agents to sign there, all right? So you have to do everything via trade. They're not bad enough ever to tank to get a draft. It's very hard for them to tank in Montreal. They're always in that nowhere's land. Carey Price sort of, he's good enough that he keeps them there. But it's funny, earlier in the show, we take questions from people. Somebody asked yeah. about the Rangers situation. And we said Lundqvist's problem was he wasn't good enough for like if we were playing hockey that a team said, he's going to help us win the cup. We need a veteran goalie. Carey Price still could be that guy. Someone would trade for Carey Price. Would you agree with that? I think the contract makes it really tough to, to trade for him. I think that, that that's a real stumbling block. I think, you know, the other issue for, for Montreal and well, you know, it, is that they haven't drafted well enough. And, and, and if you can't get free agents to come there, yeah. then you better draft better than they have. And that is, that is the one, for me, the biggest failing of the Montreal Canadiens over the last decade. Is there is there poor drafting? Let me ask you. I, I don't want to put you in a hot seat. Have you heard anything yeah. about the the National Hockey League draft? Like, so they're gonna they're gonna have to postpone it. I would be like, what's 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 the plan with the draft? Well, I, I think that I think once we have a better idea of when the season resumes or if it does resume, then we can deal with the draft. But until until they can say that the season is over, um, then you know the, then the draft has to be put on hiatus. I just, I can't help but think there's got to be a kid somewhere that told, he burnt every bridge and told everyone to F off. I'm going to be rich. I'm getting drafted in four weeks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay, so now, yeah. <laughs> now this kid's going to be calling people, listen, you got to lend me money. I'm getting drafted. You know what I mean, uh, trust me, I'm getting drafted whenever there's a draft. But a unique situation, monetarily wise, I don't really even know what it means. And I don't think our viewers care all that much because they just view these guys as having money. But we're going to get into a point at some point. They're going to have to figure out what to do with the money, right? I mean, the, the, the contract, so what, 35% of the, they're going to lose it to escrow, I guess, which means what, they'll get it back down the road? Well, I think what will happen with that escrow, Gabe, is that they'll, you know, you're, you're not going to have a 35% hit, you know, in one year. I think what they will end up doing is spreading that escrow out over a couple of years because it's just, it would be too hard a hit for for the players. And I think that that, that is really the, the fair thing to do in, in, in this situation. I think it's something that's been discussed between the league and the PA. You know, what's ironic too. I was thinking, and you're, you're bang on about it. And, you know, think of the old days, you know, the Canadians were that who wouldn't want to play for the Canadians. It was almost like the Canadians didn't want you. You weren't one of them, right? right. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, no, no, no. You can't play for our team uh, type of deal. And everybody in Canada, we're from the same hockey markets. And, you know, even, you know, Boston's the New York's, the Montreal's, the Toronto's, Remember rolling their eyes at a lot of the the West Coast franchises, and and even Tampa. You look at and people. Ah, oh, why is there hockey? I still get it. Why is there hockey in Florida? Well, you know, if anyone should go, be the Ottawa Senators, not the Florida Panthers. And but you know this. If you polled a bunch of players, where would you rather play? You want to play for the Montreal Canadiens or the Florida Panthers? It breaks the heart of the Montreal Canadiens, but fans, but guys would say Florida. I'll play golf all the time. The team's no worse. I have no media pressure, and oh yeah, the weather's nice, and there's no taxes. Everyone sort of <laughs> rolls their eyes at this stuff. Uh, you do a poll. The number one team want to play for now are the Las Vegas Golden Knights. 
Well, absolutely. I mean, it, it has been it has been phenomenal what what has transpired in Vegas and and really the growth of, of hockey out here, you know, in Southern California. I mean, I've been out here for yep. God, 25 years now, and it, it's it is remarkable to see what's going on. What has happened in Anaheim, for instance, they built a, a practice facility for the Ducks. The, uh, the Samuelis, who own the team, spent one hundred and fifty five million for a state of the art wow. facility. Um, they've got five sheets in that rink, and one of them uh, holds 2,500 people, Gabe. I think the best way to describe it for, for people north of the border is if anyone's been to um, what, what they built for the Ryerson uh, Rams yeah. uh, at the top of Maple Leaf Gardens, it's a very similar feel to that. Uh, but it's a gorgeous facility, and I will not, I would not be surprised, Gabe, if within three years if there's Division One hockey at, at uh, UC Irvine because the Samuelis have a large, they, they are big donors to that school. The, the arena uh, is right near the school, and it would be a great ad, uh, especially it would give Arizona State another team to, to play for, that's a play against, that's close geography-wise. So uh, hockey is booming. It's remarkable just to see, you know, the amount of kids that are getting drafted out of this area. And the fact you also have a lot of players, um, you know, that have made their roots here. Kevin Bieksa. Um, you know, runs, uh, uh, what is it? He, he runs a, a hockey school uh, out of Anaheim right now. That's what he's doing. Uh, and, and it's been big success. Oh, you see it firsthand. And, you know, of course, you know, the Pee Wee Hockey Tournament in Quebec City, guys, is one of the most famous, you know, it's sort of like the Little League World Series, so to speak, of, of hockey. And the American teams in the old days would get smashed. They, they wouldn't qualify. I remember years ago, a team from California won, a team from Arizona yeah, won. Junior Kings, yeah. Exactly. And now it's real, real. And there are kids right now, as we speak, I guarantee you, in Summerlin, Las Vegas, in the suburbs, in Henderson, in Las Vegas, yeah. they're not shooting basketball. They got a hockey net in their driveway. They're taking yeah. shots out of net right now, which would have freaking been unheard of even five years ago. And even well, people thought, even me, I was like, we yeah. got to get out of here, unfortunately. We'll definitely do it again. But even me, it was like, well, the casinos will get tickets to people. They'll fill the arena of your challenge. No, no. They love it. They're passionate about it. And it's cool because it'll put pressure on the Kings now. Hey, we better wake up because people on the West Coast are starting to like the Golden Knights. It's great to catch up with you, Jonathan. Stay safe from a fellow Montrealer. All right, you too. Thanks for having me. There's a Jonathan Davis. Not the Jonathan Davis from Corn. Get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You are watching Game Time Decisions. I'm on the grid and so is George Kurtz. It's good to check in uh, with Kurtz, see how he's doing. Me and Cam were commenting earlier on your place, uh, Kurtz. I don't know what you do on the side, how much you're getting paid uh, to uh, to referee, but it looks like you have quite the uh, quite the backyard. Nice kitchen, Kurtz. We already knew you had a beautiful uh, game room going on. Looks like you're living large uh, in quarantine right now. Well, you know, you move out to Suffolk County. You guys like to make fun of me that I live in the middle of nowhere. But if you move out here, you get a bigger house, bigger land for less the price and less taxes. In Nassau County, I couldn't afford this. Certainly not in the city or Queens. It doesn't help. Uh, it doesn't hurt any that my wife's a nurse. She makes a very good living. Um, you know what? Baseball sounds like baseball's looking for a place to play. I think you have enough uh, space in your backyard. Like, uh, will, will you let the baseball teams play in your backyard? I used to want to set up a wiffle ball field out there. If I was younger, put up a net out there and set up the field. My wife used to yell at me years ago because I used to uh, take out a uh, pitching wedge and used to pitch uh, for a little golf out there with a pitching wedge, but I was tearing up the grass too much, so I had to stop, and I may have put one through a neighbor's window once. I'm not, <laughs> neither confirming nor denying. Yeah, I'm old school. I remember the old days, it literally and figuratively, 
uh, we used to play baseball. And it was actually perfect. There was this like square, this circle of grass, like this roundabout in a neighborhood where my grandparents lived. And it was good if you were a kid to play baseball. Like, but once you got a little older, the ball would go on the street all the time. But our ball used to constantly go on this pissed off, like uh, old guy's lawn. And right out of the movie, like, I'm keeping the ball. Right, he used to keep the ball and yell and like he'd complain to like our parents and our grandparents. Like, my grandfather was like, "Listen, you know, he lost his wife. He's kind of upset. He's all he's got is his garden." Because I was like, "Why is he such? Why is he so mean? Why is he such a jerk?" There's always <laughs> like, like you know, there's always people like that in every neighborhood, right? And those are the people. Yeah, they take your ball. You're not allowed on their property. But those are the people at night. You're ringing and running. You're putting dog crap on their uh, on their stoop, and you're ringing and hitting it. You egg their house, and they get it back tenfold. Just let me go in the yard. I'll be respectful. We were respectful and get the ball. I want my wiffle ball. I want my tennis ball. I want the football, whatever it is. If you're going to take it, you're going to eat it later. I've lost a lot. I've lost a lot of balls, uh, pardon the pun, uh, over, um, over over the years in different, different formats. So um, you know, a lot of people, they're at home right now. Um, and I, I've spoken to a lot of people with kids and I see people online that have kids. And they're like, oh, my God, like because I was talking to one person that works all the time. And they were like, you know, my, 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 it's, you know, I'm working at home. I don't mind not going into the office. And I tell you, after about three weeks uh, with three kids, she's telling me, oh, I can't wait to get back to the office. <laughs> I can tell you flat out, teachers don't make enough money. Dealing with my nine-year-old daughter and the amount of work they're sending her online and having to get her to do it, get her to do it correctly, get it in on time, I want to hang myself. I would much rather be working nine to five in an office somewhere. It's not even close. Not even close. So kids at home, it's tougher. The school for you now, it's like more work, right? <laughs> you know, I don't know how much work they're doing at school. They go to school, what, nine to three, six hours, plus you get recess, you get lunch, or maybe five hours, four and a half hours of work. At home here, generally, we wake up later, maybe around 11, but my nine-year-old daughter is working till 7 o'clock at night, and I mean working. She's not working now. I needed to take this laptop away from her. She'll get a little bit of break here, but she's working on reading, math, uh, other science, social studies. And this this stuff takes a while. It's like eight hours a day? Really? I got to have her do this? It's driving me insane. All right. Uh, so, um, you know, you don't have your Yankees. There's no baseball. There's no NHL hockey right now. Um, I've seen you on Twitter, and I saw you were retweeting some of the posts uh, that I that I posted about uh, Major League Baseball and their idea of playing in Arizona for four and a half uh, months. And you know, a lot of players, you know, guys with families. So I'll ask you because you have a family, a little bit different. Me and Cam were like, yeah, whatever, just give us the money, we'll show up. Um, you have a family, you have kids, you have a wife. It's a pandemic right now. Would you be comfortable? Would you want to leave them alone for four and a half months right now, no matter what your job was? Oh, uh, I mean, in my situation, if I was a ball player, probably not because my wife's a nurse. So there's danger there. But if I was a normal ball player and my wife is not working, I assume a lot of baseball players making millions, their wife probably doesn't do anything, just a homemaker. I think I'd be much more apt to want to go and make the money. You know, as, as a ball player, you only have a certain finite amount of time to play. Right? So you got to make that money while you can. If I'm a superstar, I might feel differently. You know, hey, I've already got the money. I already got $100 million in the bank. I'm never going to spend oh, that. Oh, superstar, yeah. There's no way in hell right. you would But I think if I'm, a, you know, if I'm a first, second-year player, Gabe, I think I want to make the cash. Yeah, I understand that. I understand that. But, if, you know, the first and second-year players are generally young guys that don't have families. And probably right? single. Yes. You know what I mean? Or have a girlfriend or, you know what I mean? It's a little bit different. I mean, we read a quote of a Yankee player earlier. He said, I just had a baby. I'm not really down with, with leaving the baby for four and a half months. But the thing is, you know, these guys have grandparents. They've got elderly parents. They've got, like, you know what I mean? Like, people seem to think, oh, he's rich. There's no problems, right? Like, every rich guy still has relatives. You know, I was reading an interview with somebody, and it was an actor, actually. It was that Ron Perlman guy. Uh, Ron Perlman, the guy from Sons of Anarchy. Sons of Anarchy, yeah. Yeah, and um, he's from New York. And he was talking about how he's fine. Like, he's, I don't know where he was. He was isolated somewhere. And he basically said, I'm okay. My wife's okay. But he's like, you know what? I've got, you know, I've got parents. I've got, you know, I've got parents there. And he's like, my wife has, like, her entire family's in New York City. Some of them have it, et cetera. So it's not like people that have money are suddenly adverse to real life problems, right? Because a lot of people, like I've seen online, 
well, you're making 20 million, 25 million, shut up and go play. You know, guys, once they have that money, they, you know, they don't need to go play. That's the whole point. <laughs> well, with people forgetting it, it's not just the players that would be put in danger. And you go to the umpires, the coaches. Coaches aren't making gazillions no, of dollars. Uh, the umpires making what? Two, you know, 180K, 160K, right. 200K, and give or take. You know what I mean? Like, that's not risk your life type of money to live in quarantine for four months. But plus, you got to figure, let's say each team, there's 30 Major League Baseball teams. With the players, coaching staff, and whatever else, let's say it's 50 people per team. That's 50, and that's being nice, by the way. There's probably more. That's 1,500 people. You got to keep sequestered in how many hotels? How many people are now working in those hotels? What about the TV staff that's going to be covering oh, these yeah. games? And suddenly you're not sequestered. You're living in a little, like, exactly. And that's the whole thing. If the players want to bring family members, we talked about it earlier. As it is now, baseball would need 20,000-plus tests a month to pull this off. Over four and a half months, we're moving in on over about 100,000 tests, all right? These, you know, it's just, and then, okay, you want to bring your families? Where does it stop? What, one kid, two kids, six kids? You know, well, I'm not married, but I'm bringing my girlfriend. And, you know, I've got two kids with this. And, well, my grandmother lives with me or my mother's coming. And, and are you going to tell someone, no, your mother can't come, but this guy's wife can come? Like, no. And then it's going to start like this whole thing. And then even if you allow the families, George, then suddenly you're not in isolation. <laughs> You've got 4,000 people living in a couple of hotels together. Plus, they're going to go out. You're not going to tell these people with kids, oh, you're just staying in a hotel room. You're never going to go out of the hotel or you go to the ballpark and that's it. It's not going to happen. Plus, Gabe, how do you feel if you live in the, the greater downtown Phoenix area? That's 4.5 million people. I'm not thrilled about this. You know, now I have a, wouldn't I have a better chance of getting it now? That, yeah, you know, we this... wondered about that, too. Like, what? So, what, Phoenix is just going to shut down part of their city and say, okay, we won't go near you baseball as if, Right. Doesn't make any sense. It, uh, listen, I think someone posted on Twitter to you and I, and I think this is perfect here, that uh, this is just baseball's way of saying, you know, keeping hope up. Oh, yeah, maybe we can play in a, a month, six weeks here. Yeah, I think it's all baseball's doing here, just giving hope rather than telling you, hey, not going to happen. Maybe September, not going to happen. And being uh, even more depressed. I don't see any sport happening. I'm hoping for football, and I have my doubts about that. Yeah, so I was going to ask you about the NHL. And the NHL sort of had a loose proposal that they threw out there, very similar to, to Major League Baseball, about uh, playing in North Dakota. North Dakota, yeah. North Dakota, listen, no, you know, University of North Dakota, hockey's big out there. They've got a nice rink. they got good ice, NHL you know, caliber ice. They've got a couple of arenas, you know, the practice arena, the, the other arena that they have. And the NHL, unlike, see, the thing with baseball that makes it, like, just impossible, you can't do it for a season. You can't pull this off for four and a half months. Like, the NBA pulling it off in, in a Vegas casino for, like, six weeks, like, all right, we'll have a quick playoff tournament or whatever. That's, you know, I don't think they can do it, but at least it's like, okay, I'm not kicking you out of the room already when you tell me you want to do this, right? NHL hockey, very difficult. They'd have to go into the playoffs and... George, like hockey, the contact amongst hockey, the bench, everyone sits so close together. There's sweat, there's saliva, there's just, and there's so much close contact in hockey. The water bottles, Cam brought it up. So what, everyone has their own water, like you know what I mean? Just everything logistically squeezed in. Baseball, it's like, all right, the dugout's big. You could literally stay six feet away from guys and, and all that, but hockey's next to impossible. Well, yeah, baseball, you can you can have guys uh, in the stands, right? There's gonna be no fans in the stands. You got the next the batter up, staying you know around the, over the first base dugout. He'll just climb over the wall when he's uh, his turn is up at bat. Well, it wouldn't have to be that far. It's fine. But they could they could do if they wanted to, they could do that to make everybody happy, right? They could. It would work. They could do it. In hockey, you can't do that. These arenas aren't built to have people. You know, your second line sitting here, your third line sitting there. It's all crowded. There's, there's not enough room on the bench as it is. So I don't know how they would work. As you mentioned, it, hockey's hitting. You know, if, you, if, if Gabe and I are playing hockey, yeah, Gabe's right. hitting me. When Gabe hits me, his sweat's going to fall on me. He's hitting me. You know, he's body checking and me. And not just that, but it's the sweat is one thing, which you, you don't get coronavirus from sweat. But boom, you 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 check someone, stuff, the particles are coming out of your mouth. out of you. Yeah. The particles are coming like saliva, boom. And that's the whole thing with the particles guy. You hear about the virus in the air. Someone coughs. It's invisible, right? You'll see little particles go into the air. And normally, like the flu in the real world, guys, the particles blow away, and you know what I mean? And that's that. 
this virus, it lingers. It sticks. Right? It sticks like in air even for hours. Like it, it, it doesn't just die. It sort of drops and goes down and like takes a while to die. So, you know, like I said, you'd be testing people, but in Airblade, you know, listen, we brought this up earlier. You got to love this. In Taiwan, they're starting their Taiwan baseball league um, in a couple of days, uh, George. They've got robot fans in the stands. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear that. Robot? <laughs> uh, I said, I. I think the best thing about baseball is that they'll go to electronic strike zone right away, they would say, right? So uh, no more no more mound visits. Canes will be quicker. Maybe seven inning double headers, which I don't really like. But uh, I, I don't see how it's going to work. Hockey, I guess it could work because you only need eight arenas. If you go straight to the playoffs, right, 16 teams, eight arenas to make it work. Maybe even four arenas you're playing every uh, other yeah, day. Yeah, no, you would play multiple games. But then it's a challenge to cleanse the arenas after. That was the whole thing with baseball. Oh, they're going to play multiple games in the same stadium. Well, that's not very safe. You're going to have, what, a couple of hundred baseball players in the same stadium every day? Like, yeah, that's not a recipe for disaster. And like, guys, it's happened. I mean, uh, the Japanese Baseball League started, uh, you know, and uh, they wanted to start. They they were in spring training. Players started getting it right away. Like, what, their best player in their league got it, George. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, started, it, it started to spread right away. They had to shut it down. South Korea's Baseball League is trying to get going, and they are testing, like, players like daily and it's a real challenge and quite frankly South Korea are more sophisticated than we are George they're able to pull things off easier than we are they are our country is bigger we have many more uh, many yes. millions more people it's tougher here plus who's to say that baseball players should be you know checked more than anybody else you know and well, that, that's, isn't that that's, unfair now nah, that's the optics of it right I'm with you listen I think baseball they're trying to give people hope a little bit I think they'd be better off coming up with an idea like a home run derby. Um, come up with ideas where you don't need guys. Like put you know, Mike Trout in one stadium crushing home runs, another guy in another stadium alone. You know what I mean? There's ways to come up with unique things. Like the NBA wants to do it, George, where they have a three-point competition, essentially. So a guy at home in his driveway takes a three, talks some smack. Hey, let's go to Curry's house. Curry's on camera. Hey, what's up, everybody? He shoots. It could be entertaining, and people could bet on it, and it could work. The UFC doesn't care about anything, so they're going on, and they they bought their own island, and you know what I mean. They're finding different ways to try to keep on going on right now. I think the NFL is our last hope here, George. Like I'm not anticipating. I think there'll be events during the summertime, and I think golf will like slowly but surely there'll be events popping up, tennis and golf, and these big team sports are in trouble. The NFL has so much money and so much political power. I think they're the ones with a chance to pull it off with, with no fans, George. There'll be no fans, though, even if there is NFL football. I, I Listen, unfortunately, I agree with you. I think baseball, football, be, uh, baseball, hockey, basketball, I think they're done. I think golf has the best chance maybe to return because, well, it really is just an individual sport. Hit the ball, go find the ball. You know, and maybe there is, they, you, can, you can be distant in golf, too. Right. So you really that, are. Like a guy can work. hit the ball, the guy's 10 feet behind him, you go first. You know what I mean? You, you can keep your distance in golf. Yeah. But I agree. at some point, we're going to have to integrate back. Like, that's the thing that people don't understand. I, I just want to clarify that. I think a lot of people think there's some date. All right, July 1st, everything. No. Even as we get better, guys, there'll be a second wave of this that'll come back again. You can't just rush out like everyone go to the beach on the 4th of July, everybody, like everything's all right. So we need to integrate it. All right, yeah, you know what I mean? We'll play this tennis tournament here. No fans under these rules. Let's see if we can pull it off. Because we will get back to business, guys, but we have to be careful doing it, George. Yeah, I, listen, I don't, it's going to be strange. I mean, how comfortable are you going to be being in a stadium with 40,000 other people in July or June or even in February next year? I, I wouldn't do it this summer. I would, there's no way I'll do it this year. I don't think I would do it this year. Talk I to won't me do year. it. I won't do it until there's a vaccination. Yes, I think that's that's the point I was making. I think you're 100% right there. And the vaccination is widely available. I think is also yes. a key thing. Yes, and that's yes, not, yes, yes. And that's not coming for 12 to 18 months. That's next year. You know, at the earliest. And uh, listen, my wife tells me all over and over again, this is going to die in a month, two months, but then it's going to pick up again when it gets cold. In the northern cities, it's going to pick up again because that's how viruses generally work. And then it won't be as big an outbreak, but it's going to happen again on a smaller scale. What's going to happen then? Yeah, and as you stated, it won't be the, you know, society won't come to a standstill again. But at the same point in time, team sports, guys, will sort of be the last thing that you can say, all right, we can pull this off. 
right? Like I said, tennis, you're on the separate sides of the thing. You have to tell the guys, listen, you don't like it. You got to wear gloves. You'll never even touch the same ball. You know what I'm saying? Like you'll, you're on different sides. We're good. You'll get tested. The other guys tested. We're good. Like sports will be back guys this summer, but the massive pro sports leagues in which guys make as much money as they do, um, it's going to be a problem. And you need so many tests. And like George stated, as long as testing's not available to the masses, then there's going to be a real social optics uh, issue. That, oh yeah, baseball just hoarded, you know, 250,000 tests or or whatnot. Get on the grid, sports grid, game time decisions continues. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You are watching Game Time Decisions. I am Marenzi. I'm on the grid, and I'm also on SB Nation Radio starting April 14th along with the raging redhead Cam Stewart, Scotty Farrell goes coast to coast, four to six game time decisions will be uh, syndicated on various uh, radio stations, a lot of radio stations in some pretty cool markets, and uh, it'll be simulcast on SB Nation Radio as well. So for those of you that live on the grid already, there won't really be a lot of changes, uh, but we still encourage you to, uh, to download um, the uh, SB Nation Radio app on your phone, your mobile device, uh, so you can get us uh, to go wherever you go and you can get uh, cool content from SB Nation uh, as well. All right, speaking of cool content, one of my favorite parts uh, of the program now, without the uh, the phone calls and the interaction and the live chat, um, are the questions of the day via Twitter, at SportsRage, or at Cam Stewart Live. And we've got a question about Joey Batista, Joey Bats, who's now Joey Arms. Yeah. Uh, Joey Arms. Um, so Joey Bats, a former uh, Toronto Blue Jay, most famously known for the bat flip in the playoffs against the Rangers, and even more famously known for getting punched in the face by <laughs> Rough Ned Odor by the Rangers in the following season. <laughs> so so uh, Jose Bautista um, is looking to reinvent himself right now as a pitcher. I talked about this like uh, two months ago or something I, when he was, he was starting this journey. And I brought it up, and uh, Marcus Stroman's actually worked out with him a bit. Marcus Stroman says he's got big league stuff. Uh, you know, Stroman, I think Stroman's the type of guy that calls it like it is, too. Stroman says he's got big league stuff that he could come out of a bullpen. He said he could definitely be like a short, short inning bullpen type of guy. Supposedly he's got like a real nice fastball, and uh, he's got like a, a cutter. He's got a couple of pitches that are big league quality. His fastball comes in at 94, 95. It's not bad, actually. That's good. So we're asked, actually, and I think you and I might disagree uh, on this one. We were asked uh, by uh, Kevin Grogan. I wonder if there's any relation to Steve Steve. uh, Grogan. (laughs) Neck brace Uh, Grogan. Do you guys uh, think any team gives Joey Bats a chance as a pitcher? Cam, what do you think? I don't think it's going to happen, Gabe, but now, now that you're talking velocity, you can't just uh, be pitching fastballs. He's going to have to master a couple pitches. The question is, a lot of guys can throw smoke. How's his control? And, and that's, an, that's another thing. You have to be consistent. But I will say this. When Joey Bats played for the Toronto Blue Jays, he threw at a lot of guys. He has a huge arm. I'm just not sure, Gabe, he has enough pitches in the arsenal. Yeah, he might get a chance. But the question is, do I think he's going to make a major league club? I'm going to have to say no. I think it's a big challenge, but I wish him luck. That's very tough to do. But, uh, yeah, if Stroman thinks he, he's got a chance, maybe he does. But I'm going to have to say no. As a betting man, I don't think he can do it. What's your take? Um, you know what? I think, yes, I think a team will uh, give him a chance. Not only can he help you, he can be a pitcher. He can also be a pinch hitter. 
That's you true. Know, you know what I mean? You can throw him into the field at some point in time. And I think maybe, Cam, under a regular circumstance of 162-game schedule and regular circumstances this year, uh, teams would have said, nah, whatever. I, I'm not going to do this. Yeah. I don't know. I think they might need guys, actually, to be in Arizona right now. It's an interesting angle, yes. You know what I mean? And especially we're talking about they're going to need minor leaguers. They're going to need a sort of mash unit, farm guys ready to go. Maybe not a whole team, but... Ten guys, six guys, eight guys. You're going to be playing a ton of games. Hypothetically, you play a ton of games in a short amount of time. Like having a guy like Batista that can throw an inning or two for you and then play first base or right field, not 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 crazy, Cam. Um, you know, 94-mile-an-hour fastball, nasty slider as well. So he's got a slider. He's got a little bit of an off-speed slider. He's got a fastball, can work on some other things. I think the odds are against him. But I think I think it's a possibility. I think he's got a chance. Well, it helps. I you think up, he gets an invite. I think you, he would get an invite. Yeah, yeah. You brought up a really good point, too. you got a shortened season. You have a guy that could play multiple positions, too. Very dangerous in field with, with his arm there. And, hell, uh, you know, maybe another team, too, Gabe. An American League team, DH. So you could probably put him uh, in a lot of different roles right there. That makes sense. Uh, he's played first base, second base, third base, and all three outfield positions. Yep. Uh, before he's never played catcher, uh, he's never pitched, so he'd be making they'd almost try to make the rounds. But I don't think it's crazy talk actually. To put in context, guys, I see here that um, Batista's fastball not, uh, is a consistent 94, so he pops in at 94 and he can control it. Like you said, you're talking about a guy in right field with a cannon, suddenly he's only 60 feet, right? It'd be intimidating for people, they'd be like, Man, this guy can really crank it up. And He's got the slider. So put it in context, Justin Verlander's fastball average, 94.7. So it's it's big league. Now, he doesn't have the stuff Verlander does. No, like, no, well, we're not no. asking him to be a starter in the World Series. That's true. We're asking him to get a couple of people out. So you know what? I'll disagree. I think he's got a shot. And I think that this new, I think the unusual circumstances actually play into his favor, Kim. Yeah, it's good. I think you'll get an invite. Not sure if he's going to crack the lineup, but uh, we'll see what happens. I wish him the best. Uh, Tommy Z, what up, Tommy Z? Long Island stepping up and in. Um, Cam, what do you think the Rangers do with their goalie situation next year? New York Rangers. Here's the thing, Gabe. You know, you talk about the king, LeBron James. Lundquist has had a brilliant career, but really, like, enough is enough. Like, you almost have to say he's going to retire a Ranger, but I don't want him to hold this team back. You know, with, with uh, Georgiev and Shosturkin, like, they have some really, really good young goaltenders, right? But you can't really trade for Lundqvist because he's at the end of the Georgia line too. Georgia should be so the guy, in my that's, opinion. That's the thing. And just Turk is going to be very good too. Like the Rangers are in a real Especially good. Especially now with this time passing, Cam. He's going to be older now. You come back next year. I hate to say it too. He's a great guy. Got to go. Think though. about it, dude. They they treated Lundqvist better in New York here, and I see it firsthand. He's treated nicer than Eli Manning was on the way out, and Eli won two Super Bowls for them. Lundquist never even won anything, and he has the king handle. Now, listen, Lundquist has won in real life. Like, he's won in the Olympics. He's won world championships. Like, he's got feathers in his cap in his career. He's had an excellent career. He's a Hall of Famer. He's a great – he's a class act. I don't want to say anything bad about Henrik Lundquist, but he's kind of been – he's not done-done, but he's not a number one goalie anymore. You pay him a lot of money to be the backup. He still sort of thinks that he's the number one guy in his mind. You're really not. All these young guys are better than you at this point. They make next next to no money than you. Exactly. When you're such a class act, we don't want to treat you un, 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 unfairly. But at the same point in time, you know, you need to think of the good of the organization. Yeah, he's holding and, them back. He's yeah. holding them back because think about it. You got Kreider. And you can't trade him for anything either. Like no one's saying, exactly. oh, Lundquist is my guy to lead me in the playoffs right now. Yeah, like you tell me one team that's a Stanley Cup contender. Colorado doesn't need them. They already got Fran Suze and uh, Buddy Cert. They got uh, Vegas has got the two best goalies, Mark Andre Fleury and our boy uh, Robin Leonard. Big fan of guys here at the network. So there's no team that's really, really close. Boston has Rask and Halak. So it doesn't really make any sense for a Nobody's short time. Nobody's ever made an offer for them. Yeah, the Rangers are really close to being good, too, with their young players. Kipo Kako is going to get better. Zibanejad, all these guys, Kreider. They need another. I don't think, I don't think they run out of town, though. I think what? they'll trade. They'll probably trade one of the younger goalies. I agree. Uh, and I'll make Georgia the starter. And you want Lundqvist to be the backup, but 
Really? You want to pay Lundquist $8 million a year or whatever to be the backup? Like, at like some it. point, he's holding you back. I agree. As, as, as good of a guy as he is, he's holding you back. And like I said, he gets this treatment like he's Derek Jeter and Eli Manning, like he won all this stuff when he hasn't won. Yep. Right? Like, he never won. Yeah, you like him, Gabe, because you know New York, popular guy. Him and John McEnroe got their little sports guy band and stuff like that. He just comes across as a guy that's never stirred the pot or He's ripped anything. Exactly. exactly. That's why people like him. Everyone, a lot of guys in New York can play. Like, you know, like uh, my boy Syndergaard. Yeah. I like Syndergaard, but every day, even people in New York are like, Noah, uh, what are you chirping about today, yeah, Thor? Right? Yeah. I don't like this. I don't like that. You know, I don't like the Gatorade in the clubhouse. Like, it's a lot of money, so just shut up and suck it up. I yeah, agree. like a lot of guys in New York. Odell Beckham was viewed as yeah. like, dude, why are you so unhappy all the time? New are you bitching? Like you know I mean? New York is like a guy that's just going nah, to go to work. New Yorkers and, you know, it's true. New York sports fans, they like the guys who roll the sleeves up and shut up and go out and play ball. That's why they like Aaron Judge. Uh, Judge Judge fits that role. He doesn't complain. He you know he's 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 a good prototypical Yankee. Uh, Eric Judge. That's why Cashman didn't want to sign Machado. Yeah, he was like Machado doesn't run. He doesn't really hustle. And he goes, he's great, but he said the fans will turn on him. Yes, I agree with that 100. percent And the yeah. Rangers, Dave, they're really close. But I agree with you. I think Shashurkin's going to be the guy probably get traded, and Georgiev and uh, Lundqvist will move forward. Good question. All right, so um, I wanted to get to this, actually. This is my question for you. Why is it that all these NFL teams are so stupid with their logos and new uniforms? I, I honestly... I off with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, they made a big deal about the Buccaneers. Oh, where new jerseys are coming. Everyone was really saying, guys, just go back to your orange. Yes! Go to the creamsicle, creamsicle. old school yeah. stuff. That helmet might be the best helmet ever in football history, along with the Houston Oilers. Yeah. And you come out with this pewter crap again, and it's not even new. It's like you took a combination of all your past and just crammed it together. Like, I don't even see it. Like, yeah, it sucks. It's the same crap. It sucks. And you know what? It doesn't look good. I've never liked that uniform. It doesn't work. The orange, the red, the black, it just doesn't stick. It looks like a World League of Football uniform. Back in the machine, Scottish Claymores. I'll tell you one thing, Gabe, as a Seattle fan, I want their old helmet back. The silver with Sammy, the Seahawk, a double side. It's like, I don't understand what these teams are doing with these new uniforms. You tell me a team that has revamped their uniform and you go, wow, it's so much better than the old one. Like, I like the old, like, Falcons uniform. I like the old Bucks uniform. I like the old uniform. Look at this. Look at this stuff. It looks like. Sam Butcher Knight. Dude, it looks like, um, it looks like XFL, Alliance League. Um, I don't know. Like you said, it doesn't it doesn't speak NFL to me. It doesn't say, oh, dude, there's like some jerseys. And it's funny, all the jerseys and the logos that are the best ones are the old ones. And yeah. there's teams I'm not even a fan of, but I'm like, damn, that's a sweet jersey. The Colts, yeah. nice and simple. The white helmet, the white oh. Colt jersey, the Cowboys, nice and simple. Yeah. Yep. All these stupid teams, Tampa and Atlanta, they come up with these Oh, we're going to get new again. Guys, it sucks. It Even sucks. See- if you want to go new, the best thing you ever did was in the 70s. Just go back to that. I Same agree. with the Falcons. You want to change anything, go back to the Barkowski days, the red helmet, go back to the old school. Great right. Oh. And even the Falcon, I don't, the Falcon, and so the Bucks one suck. You agree about the Bucks one. The Bucks one's way worse than the Falcons. The Falcons, I think they could do better. I agree, even with the Chargers, you go back to, even though they're wearing the powder blue, I want it exactly the old way. There, there's been not, well, you name me, Gabe. I just want to say in the league, what, what team has improved their uniform with a new adaptation of their old? I don't and, think there's. No, and the, listen, the Atlanta Falcon one, it's better than the Bucks one. Yes, it is. Just because black, it's black, red, and white. It works with anything, pretty much. You know what, though? I'm, I'm looking at the Falcons here. To me, Cam, it looks like um, like they want to be the Oregon Ducks or something. <laughs> and, you know, actually, you know, it sounds crazy, actually, but it's true. The NFL just keep ripping off the new CFL jerseys. They actually I'm looking do. at the Falcons. Like, guys, MTL. You ripped off the Montreal thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know what I mean? ATL. Like, they really do. It's, there's a pattern here, though, Ken. The Jets and the Buccaneers. 
They go back to the Titans. The Titans ripped off the Argonauts one million percent. Like you look at it, it's like guys, like are you aware that you just ripped off the Toronto Argonauts? They've been around for a hundred years. Yeah. The New York Jets could not have ripped off the Saskatchewan Rough Riders any more than they did. <laughs> it's fraudulent. They actually have like a lawsuit. It's so. Yeah, it's no, so like, like the CFL can say like at this point now, I'd be calling. I'd be like guys, like come up with you. You're the NFL. We have no money. I'd say, we need money. Why don't you give us like $20 million and you can steal all of our jerseys if you want? <laughs> I got no money, Goodell. You got $18 billion and you're stealing our jerseys every year. Yeah, it's getting worse and worse, too. You're absolutely right. Like, people don't even know, too. Like, we know the CFL. That's the thing. A lot of people who like the NFL, they never watch a CFL game. They don't know they ripped off that Argos uniform. Like, you said it, man. It, it's getting blatant right now and uh, something has to be done. CFL should be asking for some dough. <laughs> Pay me. So unfortunately, unfortunately, the CFL also recently announced the uh, postponement. They at least they didn't cancel Ken. They didn't shut things down. They didn't, you know what I mean? They haven't shut things down. They haven't canceled. They just said, all right, we're postponing. And I'll give them credit. I read about a month ago, Ken, they were on top of this. And they're they're in plans. Like they they sort of knew. And I think you might you're probably gonna agree with me on this. If there's one league, bro, that can use a shortening, it is the CFL. I yeah. agree. 100%. Like this is like I, I got no beef with it. I, I saw an interview with Zach Calaros, and Calaros said, "Yeah, yeah, we're talking about a, a 10 or a 12 game season." Perfect. Perfect. Dude, that'd be awesome. You know what I hate? Thinking, you, know what? you guys should be 14 weeks as it is. Like you, you know what I mean? 16 max. Like yeah, that'd be max. The problem we have with the CFL is the rivalries are dead because we see these teams play each other all the time. Oh, dude, That's imagine how the season would be great. Just twice. Argos, yes. Ticats, twice. Think about it, too. Yeah, you got the Labor Day's games that actually mean something a lot. You play everyone twice in the league, league, and that's it. Yep, I'm with you, buddy. I'm with you. You play everyone in the league twice, and that's that. I'll tell you this, though, Gabe. Without fans there, think about the Riders and their fans at Mosaic. Like, with coronavirus, these guys are licking each other, eating watermelons out of their buddy's hand, drunk as hell, over rally. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. No fans allowed. And, And honestly, maybe we get into the same thing with the CFL. They don't have the same type of money, but it might be easier for them to say, all right, listen, guys, everybody moves to Montreal or Toronto. We're playing in Olympic Stadium. All the games are in one stadium. Um, Toronto or Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan's a small town. You know what I'm saying? But I don't have a problem with it. And one, another thing with the CFL, Cam, their season is so freaking long, they have a ton of racetrack left. Exactly. <laughs> like, I know. Like, other leagues are all, we can't play in November. They already do. The CFL can play in December. What difference does it make? You're right. Oh, it's, it's going to be cold out. It'll be less cold in December than November, probably. You're like, right. you know what I mean? Like, no one can say, oh, we can't have the Great Cup December 21st. Why not? What difference does it make November 28th or December 21st, guys? Like, you know what I mean? Play a 10. Like, you can start, the, you can literally start the CFL season in October, Cam, if you need it. Oh, I agree with you 100%. I, I get away with it. Like, there, I, I'll tell you right now, in my opinion, there will be CFL football. I, They'll I, just wait it out. Like, they can wait it out until October and say, you know what, we'll play eight games and then the Great Cup. And you know as well as I do, they need that TSN money. Yes, and they TSN do. And TSN needs the right, needs yes, the they content. Do. You're damn right. It's their content. One network with the whole league. I'll tell you, though, a shortened season will actually be a beneficial thing. We both agree there. No, I, you know, I'm, I'm actually getting all really fired up. up. Yeah, I am too. fired up. Go CFL. Right. <laughs> and on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.